History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen, Let's Roll, with Kathleen and Brian Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian are here to discuss current events from a biblical worldview and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Melanakis on K-Praise. Hello, Biblical Citizens. How are you all doing in year two of the 15 days to slow the spread lockdown? We are seeing some progress. I can tell by the higher traffic on the freeways just coming in this morning, and restaurants are actually starting to see customers indoors. But masks are mandatory virtually everywhere, and gyms, salons, churches, and so much more are still under severe restrictions. And schools in California, we're going to talk about this, are still mostly closed. So today we're really happy to talk about one, talk with one of the main organizers of Reopen San Diego, Amy Reichert, who's a California-licensed private investigator and marketing expert. Amy also holds a Master's in Divinity from Rockbridge Seminary and has served in full-time ministry at Eastlake Church from 2004 to 2014. Most recently, she has been leading rallies and organizing resistance to Governor Newsom's and San Diego County's lockdowns, especially of our schools. Hello, Amy. Are you there? I am. Thank you so much, Brian. Amy, I understand that in September 2020, Reopen San Diego, which was originally started as a Facebook group, started meeting in Balboa Park. That's when you got involved. According to the website, you helped the group go to the next level, and you planned the huge Save San Diego rally in front of the county administration building last November 16th. So first of all, Amy, tell us a little about why you decided to get involved, and then tell us a little about that first big rally you had last November. Awesome. Well, Reopen San Diego was actually started by several people, moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas, who just wanted to create a safe place a safe community to get together and process what the lockdowns were doing to all of us, and especially our kids. Our kids were suffering in front of screens since March. Many of them had not even seen other kids or played with other kids in months. So as we got together at Balboa Park, we just looked around at each other and we decided, you know, we're supposed to do something, but what should we do? And When it came to the rally in November that was very successful, it actually was one of those moments where we knew we were going to be put back in the purple tier, the most restrictive tier, and have more of our freedoms taken away. And so within a week, we planned our very first rally, which was the Save San Diego rally. And you had Supervisor Jim Desmond there and Mayor of El Cajon, Bill Wells, and physicians and nurses and moms, and that is, and Dad spoke. That was really fantastic. So, Amy, what about your personal faith? Uh, a lot of us have call, been called, felt the call by the Lord to, to do something, yet because harm is being done. And so tell us, you know, 
has your faith been involved with this? Because so many leaders of this resistance are Christian believers. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I accepted Christ in my 30s after being raised Jewish. And I have to tell you that the very first day of the lockdowns, I was up early. The house was still dark. My husband was asleep. My children were still asleep. And I felt the presence of the Lord in a powerful way that I, quite frankly, have not experienced in a while. It was one of those wow moments. And yeah. I knew, I knew from that experience that he was in battle. And it wasn't really made clear to me until right here in La Mesa. I live two miles away from where the riots happened. I'm sure you remember the riots. Yeah, definitely. Were burned down. And I can remember after those riots, and you have to imagine that we had a hundred National Guardsmen here in La Mesa. We had curfews every night at 6.30. We had helicopters beating over our heads 24 hours a day and seven days a week. I remember standing in the middle of my kitchen and just asking God, God, I know I'm supposed to do something. Show me what I'm supposed to do. And that's what has happened with us. We just have gone every day. What should we do, Lord? Uh, And it's our faith and our guidance from the Holy Spirit that leads us to get the truth out there. And that's the same story with so many of the other Christian leaders that we've talked to on this show. And we and I, I have a necklace, faith over fear. It says it right mm-hmm. on there, and I'm I'm wearing that today. But Amy, so one of the main things that we need to discuss and ask you is the scientific rationale that they're using for the lockdowns is is really really not substantial, and they they have inflated numbers for the deaths. They have inflated numbers for the positive PCR tests that they're basing this whole thing on. And then there's weak or false science behind mask wearing. So when you look into it, that's what you really find. And it's it's shocking to some people that the government would be doing this. But it says even on the CDC guidance, and then you have it on your website for certifying COVID deaths, quote, ideally testing for COVID-19 should be conducted but it's acceptable to report COVID-19 on a death certificate without this confirmation even. And so you, I understand, are conducting a, an investigation and wanting to audit these death certificates. And so what have you run into when you've asked for this information? Well, that's actually part of my story, too, and why I believe God is using me right now. I'm actually a licensed private investigator in the state of California. I've had a license since 1999. And so, you know, during the summer when the county was having those press conferences, I decided to actually attend those, every single minute of them, online. And I would listen to what Dr. Wilma Wooten would say. And there was one day where a Channel 10 news reporter, Derek Stahl, he actually asked a hypothetical question of Dr. Wooten. He said, and I quote, if someone dies in a motorcycle crash and also tests positive for COVID and then they later die, is it counted as a COVID death? And then Dr. Wooten actually said 
that it was possible. Yeah, so they, there are Freedom of Information Act requests that are currently in to the county, but they have not responded. Wow. And, yeah, so they'll just drag it out and try to keep you from having that information. And when we're paying, there's, they're probably really big salaries. And we're the ones that are they are accountable to. And I know that hospitals get incentives to count it as a COVID death, whereas they don't for other ones. So it's just really skewed and really inflated. So the other thing that I want to uh, talk about is the PCR tests, and because uh, it's really a relevant question as to, you know, is the science different in the places where they don't have the, uh, well, mask wearing, another thing, but these false positive tests, you said that never before have so many been tested for any condition. Uh, and you, on your website, you you count that there's 4,246,000 COVID tests that have been performed just here in San Diego County. That's more than the entire population of the county. Never before have, been, have so many been tested like this. And you say... We did not test our way out of the crisis. We tested our way into it. And that's really relevant when you consider that the PCR tests have been proven to be really inaccurate, up to 30 to 80%. So um, the, the mainstream media just keeps pushing it, that we have all these cases when people aren't even sick. They just test positive on this false test. Uh, so talk about it a little bit. Well, you hit the nail exactly on the head, Kathleen. I mean, have you ever said to somebody, hey, I, I have the, I tested positive for the flu, but I don't have any symptoms? <laughs> right. <laughs> now, we're, we're seeing and doing stuff that we have never seen well, before. And I'm a nurse, and we never tested for the flu. I mean, there is, there's no good test for viruses, not really. Uh, and especially you didn't test for somebody that didn't have any symptoms. Right. Yeah. Right. You but, just you get the flu, you stay home, you take care of the symptoms and you get better and you a lot of times you don't report it to your doctor. You don't even go to the doctor for it. Uh But so, yeah, Amy, but review but, a little bit about going back to when the crisis began. We were told to flatten the curve, weren't we? So what were we what were some of the things, because you mentioned these things yeah, on your website. Yeah, they moved the, the goalposts. Yeah, what were some of the things we were told, and how did that pan out? Right. So we were told that we needed to shut everything down. Our kids needed to stay home from school because we needed to preserve the ventilator supply, the PPE supply. We needed to lower the death rate and then also make room for hospital space. Well, as it turns out, as everybody knows, we actually didn't need that many ventilators. We had more than enough PPE supply. Our own governor purchased one billion's worth from China in a very bad deal where we didn't even get what we paid for. Right, a a billion dollars worth of masks from China. And a lot of people are saying that was a money laundering scheme. It's that's why it's but being recalled, but, isn't it? But then they moved it yeah. to the case positivity rates. Uh, you know, okay. now then they started basing it on cases that aren't even case, cases. We used to always, as an as a nurse, you know, base a case on if somebody's sick, 
but now it's a positive PCR test. So uh, we don't have a lot of time, but what, like you say, what we had was a case-demic and a manufactured crisis, it sounds like to me. Uh, but the, the fact is that overall deaths are not even up from last year, right? That's what we're hearing. You know, well, I have to actually take a look at the data and, and verify that because they say that that data isn't something that's just available at the end of the year, that that data will continue to be processed. So I'll hold off before I make that claim. I truly, I truly want to investigate things. Even if I believe something, I really want to vet it. So that's one of the things I'd like to hold off on. No, well, that, that makes sense. Absolutely. That makes sense. But really quickly in the last 30 seconds, uh, can you tell us about this experience you had with trying to educate people and where you were shut up? Oh, my gosh. I mean, we get angry Facebook messages. Uh, we get angry comments. Uh, we get people saying that, oh, don't you women have something better to do? Uh, we are definitely being censored on the social media platforms as well. I want to so, continue with that, Amy, right after the break. We got a ton still to talk about. So time out for a break, but hold on. We're going to talk more with Amy Reichert of Reopen San Diego. Be right back. There is more Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Still to come on K-Praise. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Milanakis on K-Praise. We are back with Amy Reichert of Reopen San Diego. Amy, you didn't quite get to it yet. Tell us briefly, you went to a public meeting that they had for parents to try to voice some concerns in La Mesa. And what happened there? Right. So I started talking about the grim statistics and the horror stories coming out of Rady Children's Hospital because of children not being able to go to school when a woman, a mysterious blonde woman, turned on two bullhorn sirens at me and 20 other parents and children as young as five. That woman actually turned out to be Shane Parmley. She is a candidate for the 79th Assembly. And I want to say her name correctly. It's Shane Suzanne Parmley, and she goes by she, her, they, them. Okay. Boy, that, that covers a that covers a lot of a lot of bases there. Well, listen, that's really unacceptable that she's trying to drown you out. And it just shows that does you know, it begs the question, does the government have our interests at heart or are they putting their own interests first? Hmm. So did you want to ask Amy, Kath, about, we want to ask her a little bit about mask mandates. That was, the, that was part of this whole so-called science thing we're talking about. Because uh, I think you mentioned the point that uh, these mask mandates um, haven't necessarily shown evidence of being very effective, have they? Well, and they really put the, the business owners in a bad place. Yeah. And it discourages the opening up, which is what you're all about. Because... You know, there's a lot of things that people would like to do, but they don't want to go and wear the mask for hours or however long it is. Right. So, Amy, you so, want to? Yeah, you want to say something, Amy, on the mask? Well, this issue is actually very personal to me. My husband is legally deaf. He is completely deaf in one ear and almost completely deaf in the other. He completely relies on lip reading 
and also just the little bit that he is able to hear. Masks actually take away his world. Aww. It silences his world. So when these mask mandates came down, believe me, you, I went straight to our physician at Sharp, and I got letters of exemption for humanitarian reasons, for legal reasons, and for medical reasons for myself, my husband, and my son. And you would not believe the way that people have treated us in public. Yeah. Even right. though we completely respect them and social distance them, uh, we've been harassed, we've been name-called, we've been shamed in public, we've been denied service. We have a legal medical exemption from a physician. It's yeah. And it makes so much sense. That's a powerful story. And it just makes no medical sense. And I've known that from the beginning, having nursing training. You only wear a mask when you're in close contact with an infected patient as a medical person. And so I, don't, I just don't, I can't believe that they've gotten away with this this long. So we've got to get rid of that mask we, we mandate. Could, we could pursue that, yeah. but there's a couple other things I really want to cover, so, including something lighter, because I want people to understand. Let's talk a little bit more about your organization, Reopen San Diego. So just this week, you had a comedy night fundraiser, which sounds really fun to me, with some big-name comedians. So how did how did that go? Oh, it was amazing. That was actually last night in Chula Vista at Bay Village Brewing. They were actually the fourth business establishment in the county to get a cease and desist letter. They're amazing. They they fought. They stayed open. And last night, they opened up the doors for a fundraiser for Reopen San Diego, where we had comedians who've been out of work for the past 12 months. They haven't been able to perform, so they were able to make some money. The brewing place made some money, and you know what? We got to have great fellowship, too, and we have events like that every two weeks. You can go to reopensd.org, and you can go to our events section to find out. Well, that is that is fantastic, and I want to say we've been at some of your events even before we met you personally. We were at the, we were both at the Freedom Market event with Kevin Kylie at the Encore Event Center in Kearney Mesa. It's really easy to get there and park, by the way. And then Kathleen was at the Judy Mikevitz event in March, and we just loved the the. It was a pre-COVID like atmosphere. There was live music. There were booths. People selling things. I mean, it seems like most fun, Amy, has been banned for about a year now, doesn't it? That's, we're trying to bring the fun back. Our governor said, oh, there is no return to normal. We don't accept that. Right. The governor doesn't decide what's normal. Our freedom markets are now every month. In fact, we're going to have one on Easter Sunday from 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Encore Event Center on Ronson Road. It is free. And masks are not required. There's even going to be an Easter egg hunt for the kids. Wonderful. We're going to have a DJ from KSON there. So we also, uh, when Kevin Kiley came to the Freedom Market, he said, wow, this place is electrifying. And he's been all over California. He is a dynamic. He's he's been wonderful. We have a lot of respect. We've had him a couple times on this show, and we just just love and admire what he's doing. Let's just uh, let me ask you for a moment also about the committees that you have within Reopen Where San people Diego. People can volunteer and be on. You one. got. I, I saw you have a school reopening committee, a community outreach committee. You want to. You want to say anything about the committees? 
Well, we're not just about fun at Reopen San Diego. We're also about action. And so one of our committees said, you know what? We need to plan something because this is a problem. Right now in the county of San Diego, we cannot go in person to our county board of supervisors. You can in Orange County. You can in San Bernardino. And you can in Riverside. And you can for some time. So why not San Diego? You know, they need to see our faces. They need to hear our voices. That's what true democracy is. Right now we have a county board of supervisors that, quite frankly, people like Nathan Fletcher are hiding behind their Facebook accounts. Instead of hiding behind emails. They need to hear our voices. Yeah, it it just shows how unscientific it is if you use scientific principles, you would look at the control groups and you would look at the other counties, like you say, Orange County, San Bernardino, and, uh, and, and the, the other reds, the red states for that matter. And so that, uh, that they're doing fine without these lockdowns and without these mass mandates. And, and why are, is the science different? No. Uh, it's just the policies of these people that are closing in on our governments. But the one last question that we probably have time for is your uh, schools and what you've decided to do with your children. And there's problems with public schools. We want to get in-person instruction, but it's kind of a mixed bag as far as opening public schools, right? Uh, we, we We want to have alternatives. Yes. I have two children. I have a 21-year-old, and I also have a 10-year-old, and my 10-year-old is in fourth grade. We were actually in public school for his first two years, and I could see the writing on the wall, and that's when I called up La Mesa Spring Valley School District, and I arranged a meeting with the assistant superintendent, and I had a sit-down, and I asked these honest questions. I'm hearing that these kind of things that are so troubling and that do not align with my Christian faith, and which are actually in opposition to what I believe and what my, my, I'm teaching my children as well, that these things are going to be taught in school. And she said, yes. Right, true. like gender we, we confusion, it. like uh, uh, the, the bad history that teaches our America, that America is bad, and mm-hmm. confusing them as young as five years old about sexuality, I mean, those are the kinds of things that you're talking about, isn't it? Isn't it? Yes, and it actually just happened in the La Mesa Spring Valley School District. I confirmed this with the superintendent. At one of the local schools here in this district, kindergarten parents were given options about gender choices for kindergartners for yeah, a reading program. That is really disturbing. When I contacted the superintendent, he goes, oh, that was a mistake. They weren't supposed to get those books. So word to the wise parents and grandparents, you better be monitoring the curriculum, curriculum at your child's school. So I think, we're, I think we're out of time, Amy. We could go on for another couple hours. I, I think we're going to have to have you on again. But uh, just t- give the name of your website again and how does that exactly appear so people can go there. There's a wealth of stuff there. Well, Brian and Kathleen, thank you so much for what you do and sharing God's truth on air. If anybody who's listening wants to reach out to Reopen San Diego, just go to www.reopensd.org and you can sign up for our newsletter 
And you can also unsubscribe at any time, but I don't think you're going to want to. And we want to see everybody in the audience at one of these at freedom, the freedom fairs. Yeah, freedom they are fairs, they are fun and they are meaningful. And other things to get involved in. It's so much fun. It's like life is back to normal. Bye bye folks. Talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Join us next week at this same time as Kathleen Melanakis, author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian Melanakis, former company president, explore the deeper issues and spiritual forces behind the news and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover more major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. To learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor, send an email to biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. That's biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. This has been Biblical Citizen. Let's roll on K-Praise.